This is Echo Zoe Radio, episode 80 for December 2014, with Justin Peters on Trips to Heaven. Welcome to Echo Zoe Radio, the podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries, where you'll hear about important topics affecting the church today. Our primary goal is to explore a variety of issues while remaining faithful to God and His Word. Stay with us for the next hour as your host, Andy Olson, shares his conversation with this month's guest. Here's your host, Andy Olson. I'm Andy Olson. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. This is episode 80 for December 2014. My guest for this episode is Justin Peters. Justin has been my guest before. He was last on the show for episode 27 back in July 2010. Justin travels the world giving seminars on the dangers and heresies of the word faith movement and was in town back then to give just such a seminar. This time around, Justin is with us to talk about trips to heaven. There are many who claim to have visited heaven, and we talk about the trustworthiness of such claims. As usual, you can find show notes for this episode, including an outline of the discussion, a list of scriptures referenced, and additional resources by visiting echozoe.com slash 80. Also, for those listening early on in December 2014, I want to let you know that you can get a digital copy of Lessons in Logic for just $5. It's a year-end sale, though, so get it before the ball drops on New Year's Day and help support Echozoe Ministries in the process. You can get that by going to echozoe.com and clicking on the Lessons in Logic banner at the top of the homepage. With that, here's my discussion with Justin Peters. Justin, welcome, and uh, thanks so much for coming on to talk today. We're going to talk about trips to heaven and maybe a little bit of trips to hell, Uh, this whole experiential thing that... uh, it's kind of taken the world by storm for the last, about three, four years? Yes, Andy. Thank you very much for having me on. It's good to be with you again. Looking forward to it. So, well, we're, we're going to talk about trips to heaven. It's a topic that I've had in mind to talk about for a while. And uh, recently, every so often, I'll throw out uh, the question, usually on social media, and ask if people have suggestions that they'd like to have me talk about or get a guest on to talk about and. A listener in New Zealand stepped up and said that she's interested in the subject, too, and uh, asked if I would consider doing a show on it, and here we are. So it's a a subject that uh, I'm aware of. I'm familiar with the phenomenon, but I don't really get into it. I don't read the books. I I haven't seen the movies. I don't follow the stories or whatnot. So I'm going to be kind of learning about the specific cases, you know, as we talk. But I did do a little bit of pre-show prep just to so I wouldn't go in totally blind. And there there were three big stories that have been around for the last, you know, I think, three or four years, five years. And there was uh, one of them was Colton Burpo, who was a four-year-old who went to the hospital and supposedly claims that he died and went to heaven and then came back and relates the story. And then there was another, uh, Don Piper, apparently a pastor down in Texas, got in a bad car accident. He supposedly died. Somebody came along and prayed for him and and 
was given life back, but relates his story. And then on the other side, this uh, Bill Weiss, who I know even less about, uh, this guy apparently also died, and but he went to hell for 23 minutes. So we'll talk a little bit about those, and then maybe if there's other stories as well. Uh, just to, to, to really, dis- it's more important that we get the broad experience and what's going on, but it's easier to talk about it with specifics. So why don't we jump in with this Colton Burpo, because he's kind of the most well-known, given that he's got a book and a movie just came out. Correct, Andy. Uh, Colton Burpo lived in um, in Nebraska. Uh, his father was a pastor there in a little town. Uh, oh, the name of the town escapes me right now. I think that it, it'll come to my mind when I'm thinking of it later. But anyway, a little town in Nebraska. His father is pastor, Todd Burpo. But uh, as the story goes, Colton Burpo had a medical emergency when he was four years old, I think just a little bit shy of his fourth birthday. And uh, he had to have emergency surgery. He was very, very sick, had to have emergency surgery. And during the surgery, Colton Burpo supposedly went up to heaven. Now, it's interesting, even his father, Todd, admits that Colton never died that uh, he never flatlined, uh, nothing like that. So that's that's our first clue in and of itself. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says it is appointed man wants to die and then the judgment. Uh, so uh, nobody is going to heaven uh, before they die, or to hell for that matter. Uh, nobody is going to either one of these places until they physically die, which Colton never did. And... Um, Actually, as it, as it turns out, the church where I'm a, a member of now in northern Idaho, I happened to meet a, a lady who is also joining the church, and uh, she used to be one of the administrators at the hospital, the very hospital that Colton Burpo was taken to during the supposed medical emergency where he almost died. They, they say that he he didn't die, but he came very close to death. And she says that that's not true. Uh, he was he was sick, but he was nowhere near death. Then nobody was worried about whether or not he was going to live. It was not a touch and go kind of thing. And so, um, so really, this this story is factually untrue. But at any rate, Colton Burpo supposedly went to heaven while they were doing surgery on him. He says he came out of his body. And uh, looked around, he could see what his father was doing and his mother was doing at the time. And then he went to heaven and he saw a lot of things in heaven. He said he sat on Jesus's lap and uh, he he met his his uh, great grandfather named Pop that he had never met before and, and supposedly did not even know he had existed. So he met Pop in heaven, met his a little sister that he did not know that he had because his mother had a miscarriage. And so his his little sister was in heaven. He met her. And he he just tells all these fanciful details about his supposed trip to heaven. He gives us a lot of information about heaven that is not recorded in Scripture, which is also problematic, hugely problematic, because... Mm -hmm. Uh, de, de facto, what what's happening here, and this is true of all of these accounts, whether we're talking about Colton Burpo or Don Piper or uh, Bill Weiss or um, uh, Todd Bentley, Jesse Duplantis, Mary Baxter, Robert Sliard, and a lot of these people say they've been there. And what they're they are all giving us information uh, 
about heaven that is not recorded in Scripture. Well, if that is true, if all of these details that they're giving us about heaven is really how heaven is, and it's not, but but just uh, for the sake of argument, let's just say that, um, for example, when Holy, when Colton Burpo said that he saw the Holy Spirit, he said he and he said the Holy Spirit is blue. Well, the Bible doesn't say anything about the Holy Spirit being blue, uh, so that's new information for us that is not recorded in Scripture. So, if the Holy Spirit really is blue, then we've got new information now about heaven that we did not have before. And so, in theory, all this new information, if it's true, in theory, we it should be just as authoritative as anything in the Bible about heaven. If the Holy Spirit really is blue, then that should be authoritative. If, if that's if that's the reality of the, of the situation, then it should be authoritative. So, so by definition now, because of all these people claiming to have been to heaven, to hell, some people say they've been both places, then uh, we've got an open canon of Scripture because we're getting new information, new information about spiritual realities that are not already recorded in Scripture. And so, so now, de facto, uh, we've got an open canon of Scripture. Scripture is not sufficient for us. Uh, there, is, there is other information to be had um, about God and, and uh, his kingdom and, and the gospel and all these things. Uh, there's new information that's not recorded in Scripture. So, so automatically— yeah. I'd like to take just a, a little sidebar on that. I think that's a very important point to talk about, that we would have an open canon. Because then we've got we've to either do away with this notion that, that the canon is closed, which you and I agree on, the canon is closed, or we have to do away with the the notion that we are to get our information about such things from the scripture alone, and you know it's it's either one, the other, or both. Let, let's talk about that briefly. The importance in, of the integrity of the scripture that's being attacked here with this. That's exactly right, Andy, and that's that is one of the most uh, serious issues with all of these people who, who claim to have had these experiences, uh, because nowadays. When somebody wants to learn about heaven, where do they go? Do they go to the Word of God? Do they labor in the Word? Do they rightly divide the Word of truth? Do they study to show themselves approved unto God? No. No, they don't do that because that's too hard. That takes too much work. You know, uh, so instead of going to the, to the Bible to learn about heaven, they go pick up Heaven is for Real. Or they go watch the movie. Heaven is Real, which, by the way, I saw and was absolutely blasphemous. They read Don Piper's book, 90 Minutes in Heaven. Uh, so they go to all of these uh, non-biblical sources for information about heaven and spiritual realities. And what I argue in my seminars when I teach on this issue, this topic, I say that anything that diverts our attention away from the Word of God is not the work of the author of the Word of God. That's the work of the enemy. The Holy Spirit of God drives us to His Word, and He illumines the meaning of His Word to our hearts, to our minds, and and then that informs our decisions. That's how we live our lives, by reading, studying, and obeying the Word of God. So 
that that is what the Holy Spirit does. He drives us to the Word of God, and He illumines that meaning to us. The Holy Spirit is not directing anybody to uh, outside sources of of information about spiritual realities. Now, that is not to say that we can't read a commentary or something like that, but, but I'm talking about new information. Uh, we're, new information that is not recorded in Scripture. A commentary is is a, a work that's written by man to help explain what Scripture says. But that's not what these books are doing. They are giving us new information about heaven that is nowhere to be found in Scripture, and yet they're claiming that it's true. And so that is that is not the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the enemy. That's That's the work of Satan doing that. So uh, as far as Colton Burpo goes, if we just take a step back in the conversation a little bit to where we were before we talked about the sufficiency of Scripture, can we compare Colton to Scripture a little bit just to flush out how likely this is to be either, well, first of all, I, I, I know I'm wondering, and I'm sure a lot of people that see this wonder, is this completely made up? Or is this? Did this kid have an actual experience that clearly wasn't from God, but it you know he he genuinely at least had an experience? It could be a false vision or or a lying vision, whatnot. Uh, you know what was going on there, and how can we flush out what has happened to this little boy? Right. Well, I, I'd say the first thing that we we would start with is we rule out that he went to heaven. That did not happen because. A lot of what he claims about heaven is in direct contradiction to Scripture, and so we rule that out. And um, one of the points I make in my seminar, whether we're talking about Colton Burpo or any of these other people, mm-hmm. there were only three men in the New Testament who were allowed a glimpse into heaven, and that was Stephen in Acts chapter 7, right before he was stoned. Uh, the Apostle John, who was writing the book of Revelation, which is inspired authority of Scripture, so that's on a level all of its own. And then the only other one is the Apostle Paul. In Second Corinthians chapter 12, he says that he was called up into the third heaven. And uh, so, and, and this is, but it's interesting that when you read Second Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul said that he, he said, uh, this man who was called up to the third heaven, he's talking about himself, he said that he heard words in heaven, he heard words that are inexpressible, that man is not permitted to speak. So the Apostle Paul was not allowed to tell us what he saw and heard in heaven. And if the Apostle Paul, the, the man who wrote roughly a third of the New Testament, was not allowed to tell us what he saw and heard in heaven, are we really supposed to believe that a four-year-old kid would be allowed to do so? Or anybody else for that matter. Right. So so we rule out immediately. We rule out Colton Burpo did not go to heaven. So what are the other other possibilities that we're left with? Well, it could be that he had a dream about heaven. Uh, I remember I had when I was a kid, I had a very vivid dream about heaven, a, a dream that I remember to this day. Was it inspired? No, it was just a it's just a dream. You know, I grew up in church and hearing about Jesus and heaven and all the Bible stories. So, you know, I, I had a dream about heaven. There's nothing authoritative about it, nothing spiritual about it. It's just a dream. You know, I don't put any weight in dreams at all, by the way, 
one way or the other. I think dreams are just that. They're just dreams. They don't have any meaning. But um, so it's possible that he may have had a dream, and and he told his parents about it, and the story just kind of got passed around, and, and before you know it, um, you know, one person tells another and another and another, and Colton was sick. Oh, he almost died, which he really didn't. But, it, you know, and pretty soon you got people saying, oh, Colton went to heaven. You know, that's that's how rumors get started. It, it's it's oh. typical of human nature for things like that to happen. So now, that's one possibility. I You know, I had mentioned that yeah. I haven't uh, I haven't read the book or seen the movie, but in the little bit that I have kind of seen either clips online on YouTube or um, recounts of what was discussed in the book um, article you wrote. I read an article about that uh, Chim Challies read or wrote and a few others. My understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there were recountings of things that happened that Colton couldn't have known if there wasn't something at least a little strange going on. For example, did he not recount his father going in and like yelling at God in the chapel or something like that? He did. Okay. Uh, and, and that is one of the, now that would be easy to falsify. I mean, his dad could just come and say, you know, he recounted me doing that. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's one possibility that we have to, 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 yeah, to be uh, very aware of is that, uh, you know, we should not underestimate just how fallen, he is, and, and we should not underestimate the uh, discount the fact that it is very, very possible, very possible that Todd Burpo is just flat out lying about all this. That he is saying that his son saw these things uh, when he really did not. It is very, in fact, uh, as support of this, Andy. There's another story out there that is not did not get quite the traction that Colton Burpo's did, but there's another story out there uh, entitled "The Boy Who Came Back from Heaven," and this this is a story about a, a, a young boy named Alex Malarkey. Ah, yeah. Who was, uh, have I, you I, heard about him? I, yeah. yeah. Well, I I remember reading uh, an, another account. I think it was John MacArthur. He called it the Burpo Malarkey Doctrine, and he kind of got into a uh, yes. teaching about why this is not of God. Right. That's right. Um, Alex Malarkey, kind of a similar story, was in a, um, didn't have a medical emergency, but he was in a car accident with his father and supposedly went to heaven. And so there's a book about the boy who came back from heaven, or the boy who went to heaven, Alex Malarkey. Well, long story short, Beth Malarkey is Alex's son. Alex, by the way, is now... 15 years old, I believe, 15, 16 years old, and um, he is he's paralyzed. The, the injury from that car accident will be with him the rest of his life, unless the Lord chooses to heal him. He will he will um, he will be in a wheelchair the rest of his life. Well, Beth Malarkey is Alex's mother, and Beth has emailed Phil Johnson and myself. We've we've both exchanged some emails with her. And um, in short, Beth and her son, Alex, by the way, are trying to let people know this story is not true. Alex's father has just fabricated, basically fabricated this story and, and uh, to make money. Wow. And this book had sold a lot of copies, made a lot of money. And it's not even true. Alex himself 
does not stand by the story. Alex himself has begged his father uh, to tell the truth that this didn't happen, but he won't do it because mm-hmm. it's, it's been making him a lot of money. So, you know, case in point, case in point. Oh, when you read the book, as I have, when you read the book, I mean, it's if, if you didn't really have any theological background or, or discernment on this, you wouldn't seem very compelling, very you know, um, emotional, really tugs at your heartstrings. But the problem is, it's not true. Mm-hmm. Not true. So, so we we have to we have to keep in mind it's very very possible that that uh, Todd oh, Colton's father is just flat out making all this stuff up, lying about it. And um, I would I would I think it's safe to say he's lying about a lot of it, at least at least a lot of it, if not all of it. But uh, okay. there's a lot of things that he's lying about. Well, that answers so, one one question I know I have, and. And I know people, of, you know, for instance, Rachel in New Zealand, I'm, I'm sure is wondering what actually happened to this boy. Did anything happen or, you know, where I would be inclined to assume that it was some kind of demonic vision that Satan was involved, lying spirits or whatnot. But it doesn't even have to be that complicated. It could just be a lying father. It, yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I think the the most likely scenario I think what's what most likely happened. Colton did have surgery. He was sick. He was nowhere near death, but he mm-hmm. was sick. And um, uh, his father is a pastor, so Colton grows up and you know, and he hears things about heaven and angels and things like this. So, so it's 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 not like um, you know this kind of talk is foreign to him. He's, he hears sure. it. Kids hear a lot more than I think what we realize. Uh, it, he may have had some kind of a dream or something, mm-hmm. and it snowballed into what it is now. But I, I think it's very likely that, uh, in fact, I know that Todd Burpo was lying about a lot of it. Uh, I do know that for a fact. Uh, do you happen to know, like, what, like you say he's a pastor, do you happen to know anything about the church he pastors? Is it, you know, this isn't a Reformed Baptist church, is it? I mean, it's not... No, no. A conservative Presbyterian church. No, no, it's not a church known for its doctrinal <laughs> purity. Okay. No, it's, uh, uh, did, did, I'd have to look it up. Andy, I, right off the top of my head, it's in the book. I mean, okay. I can look it up, um, the church that it has, but it's not, Is, a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a theologically liberal church. It's not, okay. it's not a church or denomination known for its emphasis on doctrine sure. at all. So, um, um, where was it going? Oh, the, um, uh, as far as you know, people say, well, how did he know about his sister? You know, he didn't know anything about his mother having a miscarriage. Well, again, the dad hey, knew that. It's possible that this is, yeah, it's, it's all, it's very possible that all of this is just made up, mm-hmm. that this is something that his dad fabricated. But even if he didn't, kids hear things. You know, kids hear a lot more than I think what we realize. They hear mom and dad talking in the other room, and they, they yeah. just hear things. So there there are other explanations for this other than him going I, down. I think it's interesting that you, you mentioned that specifically, because I have three kids, and my youngest is three. Um, they're all boys. And you should hear my three-year-old run around talk about his baby sister. But he... He's the youngest. He doesn't have a baby sister, but he he wants a baby sister, and you should hear him talk about his baby sister like she's a real person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
So see, there you go. There you go. And what I've got to come back to, Andy, is we've got to come back to the authority of Scripture. And based on the authority of Scripture, based on the sufficiency of Scripture, we can definitively say that Colton Burpo did not go to heaven. Is it possible that it was, um, you know, some demonic activity? It's possible, I suppose. Well, it is possible, but I I doubt it. I Mm -hmm. I don't think we have to go to any kind of a... I think this is just... I think think most of it, the vast majority of it, is just fabricated. Um, there's, There's a lot of money to be made in going to heaven. This book has sold well in excess of 10 million copies. Wow. This was, and I, the 10 million number, this was from a couple of years ago, so who knows how many it is now. Mm-hmm. That's just in English. It's been translated into uh, a number of different languages. So there's a lot of... Then you add the movie rights on top of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, the movie too. So mm-hmm. um, Don Piper's book, 90 Minutes in Heaven, uh, as of a couple of years ago, his book has sold over 6 million copies. So pretty lucrative mm-hmm. business nowadays. Uh, this is something that people are interested in, and unfortunately for the vast majority of people, Scripture is not enough for them. They've got to have something else. Yeah. And so they they buy these books. And it seems like whenever one of these books comes out, there's always a few others. There's, there's like a, an, an, yeah, there's others that come out within the next year or mm-hmm. two. I mean, it's when one of these comes out and does well, well oh, here's some more. So that's, yeah, it's uh, not coincidental. Yeah. Well, we were talking beforehand, and I, I had to mention that as I was kind of trying to catch up on this subject and watching a few different YouTube videos of him doing interviews on, uh, you know, in different places, I I kind of, in a way, I kind of wondered, you know, is this kid, you know, he's 14 or 15 years old now. It's been 10, 11 years since this supposedly happened. Or, you know, or he actually was in the hospital, but since the supposed trip to heaven. And I just kind of wonder, is this kid under a lot of pressure that, you know, his his parents, his dad has kept up this story for so long and they're getting all this attention. They've sold a lot of books. They've done movies. Uh, he's got to be under a lot of pressure to keep the story going. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly, he is. And uh, and uh, some of the people I've talked to who reject the the veracity of the story, uh, they they know the story's not real, but they will say, you know, it's really sad what um, what his father has has done to him, and you know, he created this whole thing, and now Colton's, you know, got to he feels like he's got to keep it up, all the pressure on him. And I would I would give Colton Burpo the benefit of the doubt, uh, say ten years ago when he mm-hmm. was. A little boy, uh, I would, I would, I would have uh, compassion for him in that situation when he was a little boy. But Colton Burpo's not a little boy anymore. He's now fifteen, maybe sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I would say if he's not sixteen, he's really close to it. So, so he's, you know, he's 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 of age. He's he's a young man, and and he's accountable now for his his actions and in. Um, so the he is now by perpetuating this he's he is participating in his in his father's deception mm-hmm. in his father's sin so and, and as you mentioned it, earlier we've got the the Alex Malarkey where 
know, as he grew, the kid came out and, and admitted that it yeah. wasn't true and didn't yeah. want to participate in that anymore. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and that speaks very, very well for him. Sure. And uh, the same cannot be said for Colton Burpo. Mm-hmm. Now, you sent me some clips here of Colton, and I want to get to Don Piper, too, and talk about him a little bit. But before we go to Don Piper, we should um, get in a couple. These are some interesting clips you sent me, and, and I hate to not use them. So okay. we've got a couple here. Now, the first two are he's interviewing with Megyn Kelly on Fox News, and then he goes on TBN, and he has kind of a different story. What's the background between these two clips? Sure. This was these clips were recorded just this past April. This is uh, this past April is when the movie came out, Heaven is for Real. And so he's he's interviewed the first clip with Megyn Kelly on Fox News. That was recorded on April the eighth, two thousand fourteen. And uh, then the next clip that you'll play was recorded on April the twenty ninth, just three weeks later on the Trinity Broadcasting Network, TBN. Okay. And so. Uh, so that's that's kind of the background, and, and so we can play the clips, and, and uh, we'll talk about the discrepancy here. Sure. Here's the first one. Colton, you're 14 now. Do you still have a conscious memory of this experience? Well, of my hospital stay and all the events leading up to it, um, that's a little foggy, but my experience in heaven is very vivid. Okay. And then okay. three so weeks... Right. His, his memories of heaven is uh, memories of heaven are very quote very vivid. This was April eighth, and now we'll hear what he says on just three weeks later, April twenty ninth. Okay. Uh, do you remember those first visions that you saw of heaven? Well, I will have to say, um, it my my thoughts of heaven aren't as crisp as they used to be. Um, it's been. 10, 11 years since it's happened. So um, there's been a lot of time in between that. I mean, it's hard to remember what you did when you were four. Yeah. <laughs> so um... so in that three-week span, oh. all of a sudden, memory's not so great. All, all of a sudden, yeah, he's just lost his memory. Yeah, in that three-week span, it, uh, yeah. just So see, you know, within three weeks, a direct contradiction. April 8th, he says his he doesn't remember much about his stay in the hospital, uh, which is, at, you know, understand. Well, his memories of heaven are quote very vivid, but then three weeks later, um, not so much. So, yeah, Colton Burpo contradicts himself. Okay, got a couple other real quick short ones here. I think he's describing what he saw in heaven. Is that right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go with the first one here. What about God? You saw God. Well, God the Father is just so huge. There's nothing to compare him to. He's big enough to fit the whole world in his hands, so it's hard to describe. How can you see that? You actually saw that? Honestly, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, kind of a Andy, when, shady look on his face in, a, in his exactly. eyes. Exactly, it, it absolutely. It's it's kind of unfortunate that this isn't a video where all of our listeners can could see this. But uh, when Kathy, my wife, and I were watching this, we were watching it live and uh, recording it. Uh, that pregnant pause that you that 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 was there when 
when Sean Hannity asked him, he said, "Did you did you see that?" You know, and how, there was this long pause, and it was so awkward. It was a spaced I mean, it was out. Yeah, yeah, completely spaced out, completely well, caught off guard, and and did not know how to answer it. So he was, it was, it was really awkward. It was so awkward. You you almost almost felt bad for him because it's so obvious that he's lying. But, but he then at the very lying. end, he's got a look in his eye like, I pulled that one off, you know, out of my hat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've, I've seen a lot of interviews of the Burpos uh, going back several years, and all of Colton's answers are very canned. Mm-hmm. They're very rote. Uh, it's obvious that he's been coached, but every once in a while, He's asked a question that that he hasn't been coached on, and that was one of them. And it really caught him off guard, and it's obvious, obvious that he was lying. Mm-hmm. Now, this last one, I, I, if I remember right, looking through these, he's describing Jesus, and it's a it's yes. the, the the Hannity one again. Say that you met Jesus Christ and God. Can you describe God and Jesus Christ? Well, Jesus is more like the humanoid version. He's the one you can relate to because he loves you so much and he's actually your size. So you can actually like walk with him and talk with him. And you talk to him? Yes. And he talked to you? Mm Mm-hmm. And what did he say? Now, I can't remember what all we talked about because a lot of it he even taught me, but... God has not allowed me to remember what Jesus has taught me. So there, it's... (laughs) Colton Burpo said that Jesus, he talked with Jesus, uh, but God has not allowed him to remember what Jesus taught him. Now let's stop and think about that. Okay, so according to Colton Burpo, God the Father... It's almost like God the Father is saying, you know, Colton, remember when you were up here in heaven? Uh, Jesus told you some things that he really shouldn't have said. You know, sometimes Jesus kind of gets ahead of himself. He gets a little carried away, and he told you some stuff, made you aware, privy to some things that that you shouldn't be privy to. And so um, he just kind of gets ahead of himself. So I'm going to have to zap your memory now. So, you know, look into the flashy thingy here. It's just amazing to me that... Uh, people just uh, their theology just seemingly goes out the window, and they, they have no discernment. So, so according to Colton Burbo, God the Father is uh, at odds with God the Son, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So, there's one of one of the members of the Triune Godhead is is acting out of turn. And so that I mean, that just uh, that's that's heresy. It's blasphemy. Yeah. You, you've destroyed the you destroyed the the triune Godhead if that were true. So, um, well, then juxtapose that clearly. to what you had uh, you had pointed out with with Paul. You know, Paul saw things, and God didn't come down and say, you know, I you're not supposed to remember that. He said you're not supposed to speak of it. That's right. That's right. You're not even supposed to speak of it. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's like I said, if, if the Apostle Paul, the man who wrote over the third New Testament was not allowed to tell us what he saw and heard in heaven. I seriously doubt that any other Yahoo 
would be allowed to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody else that says they've been to heaven, they want to tell you all about it. Um, don't count on it. Not, not if the Apostle Paul was not allowed to do so. He was an apostle. He was a man who was directly appointed by Christ, who carried uh, apostolic authority, who had the authority to write Scripture. So this man, Paul, was not allowed to tell us. Big Bolton Burpo is. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on uh, and talk a little bit about Don Piper. Now, what's his story? How did how did he end up in heaven? Supposedly. Yeah, Don Piper is un, unlike some of the others, unlike Jesse Planets and Roberts the Arted, and actually these uh, charismatics, um, word of faith type people. Don Piper is a Baptist, and uh, Baptists are not known for having these kinds of experiences and whatnot. But um, at any rate, Don Piper was driving his car on a Texas highway, southeastern Texas, in 1989, and had uh, an automobile accident, had a a head-on collision with a a truck, and it supposedly killed him instantly. And he was dead for 90 minutes. Says he was dead for an hour and a half, and he spent that hour and a half in heaven. And Don Piper talks about the people that he saw in heaven. He saw uh, his his old high school buddy who died in an early age. He saw his grandfather, whom he describes as still having his, quote, big banana nose. He saw his great-grandmother, Hattie, saw her in heaven, uh, saw some other friends and family members, saw a lot of people in heaven. Uh, he says... It's interesting, he says in his book that he did not go inside the gates of heaven. He was just on the outskirts of heaven. He was like outside the gate looking in. So um, in his book, he says he did not go through the gates of heaven. However, in a a video clip that I have of him, he says that he was, quote, passing. He says, and I'm going through the gates. So he contradicts himself. He contradicts his own story. And uh, of, of all the people that he saw, in heaven, his old high school buddies, grandfather, great-grandmother, all these other people. On page 33, Andy, on page 33 of his book, 90 Minutes in Heaven, he says, and I quote, I did not see God. I saw no luminous glow that would have indicated his divine presence, end quote. So of all the people that he saw in heaven, he's very clear. There's one person he did not see, and he said he did not see God. This book came out in the year 2004, but his story has changed over the years because mm-hmm. uh, now he's saying something different. I sent you a video clip. Yeah, I'll play um, that. that. You can play, sure. Of drinking that in and, and, and absorbing how great the mansions were, and then I began to look up through the gate, and I could see this kind of pinnacle in the middle of the city. It's kind of a hill high and lifted up. There's a river flowing down the side of this Well, it's the river of life, and it's coming down the side of this mountain or hill, if you will, and at the top of that is the brightest light I've ever seen. And I know who that is. It's the Lord high and lifted up. This is his city. Okay, so uh, seven years after his book came out, he says he did see God. He said down there up on top of the hill was the brightest light he had ever seen. He said, I knew who that was, or knew who that is, the Lord high and lifted up. So, which is it? You know, the title of your book is 90 Minutes in Heaven, and you can't remember whether or not you saw God 
Well, this also sounds like a contradiction to what Burpo just said, because he was talking about God being so big, how can you not see him? You know, he holds the the whole world in the palm of his hand. You know, you can't not see God. Right, right. See, these these stories contradict each other. What what Jesse DeClanta says about heaven does not match what Don Piper says about heaven, does not match what Colton Burpo says about heaven. They contradict each other. Uh, for example, Don Piper in his book says that people did not have wings. But Colton Burpo, when he went to heaven, he said people do have wings. Well, obviously they can't both be true. <laughs> they contradict each other, and they even contradict themselves. We saw how Colton Burpo contradicts himself. Don Piper contradicts himself. So you see, you know, when you start, when your whole story is based on lies, you fabricated the whole thing. It's it's based on lies. Um, sometimes it's a little hard to keep up with those lies. Which mm-hmm. which lies you've told and which lies you haven't. So uh, this is a good example, I think, is um, after this book came out, it sold so many copies, and Don Piper is being asked to go on more and more interviews, radio interviews, television interviews, and he, he has a whole career. His whole ministry, his whole career now is based off of his made-up trip to heaven. Mm-hmm. And um, as the years have gone on, the stories become more and more embellished, and and uh, I think he's just forgotten. It's probably been a while since he's read his own book, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's forgotten what's in there, and so he can't keep he can't keep all the lies straight. So then there's this bill. Uh, I said Weiss. You said Weiss. You're, you probably know how to pronounce it better than I do. Yeah, it's, it's, it looks like Weiss, but I, I think it is pronounced Weiss. Well, that would be the Germanic way. You always pronounce the second of the two vowels there. Uh-huh. I mean, it must right. be. <laughs> anyway, so Bill yeah. Weiss, uh, he uh, he claims that he didn't go to heaven. He claims that he went to hell. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Bill Weiss says that he spent 23 minutes in hell, and he was the, the first clue that something's wrong with Bill Weiss's account is that he was taken to hell by Jesus as a Christian. He says that this experience happened to him as a Christian. Now, right off the bat, why why would would Christ, the, the Savior, why would he take anybody to the very place from which he died to save them? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Why would Jesus take somebody to the place where he, he died to save them from? Right. So, um, so that doesn't make any sense. And um, Bill Weiss goes and he spends 23 minutes in hell, and it's very graphic. I mean, it is. I, I've read the book. I've seen him do interviews, and <laughs> the the description he has of hell is a terrifying one. It is. It is absolutely terrifying. But um, but again, he's got a lot of information about hell that is not found in scripture. A lot of new information, so we're back to the same problem that we were, we have with mm-hmm. Don Piper and Colton Burpo. New information about heaven or about hell in this case that is not recorded in scripture, so we've got an open canon of scripture. And so, um, but it sold a lot of copies. I don't think nearly as many as the the heaven books, probably because people are, you know, they're more interested in heaven than they are hell. They'd rather read about all the the positive things, not the negative. So, um, but nonetheless, it still sold. A, a lot of copies, and, and undoubtedly, you know, he's made quite a bit of, of money on it, and um, 
and again, he's, he's, his whole uh, his ministry now is, is talking about his 23 minutes in hell. And, uh, you know, Andy, in talking about all of these people, it's, it's interesting. It kind of comes back to what we said about uh, 2 Corinthians 12. The Apostle Paul was not allowed to tell us what he saw and heard in heaven. Uh-huh. And yet all these people have made careers out of it. Right. You know, they have made buckets and buckets of money. And what I think is very telling about at least Don Piper and Colton Burpo, since we were talking about them, is that you can read 90 Minutes in Heaven from cover to cover, and I have. You can read Heaven is for Real from cover to cover, and I have. And the one thing that you will not find in any of these, either of these books, is the gospel. You know, I was, and and I was going to bring up that my biggest concern in this discussion about this topic and these books is how sinister it is. Because, first of all, when you've got the trips to heaven, it really sounds to me like it's bringing some people a false assurance. And then this, this, this accounting of going to hell, that is equally sinister because it's taking someone who should be saved, someone who's relying on the blood of Christ, the sacrifice on the cross, that is supposed to remove their sins from them and, and almost bringing back an, an unnatural, ungodly fear that, okay, you know, he claimed to be a Christian and he went to hell. That what, you know, was that going to happen to me? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's right. That is right. It's uh, either way you look at it, it's, um, these stories are very, very dangerous very uh they they do great injury to people and uh and and divert their attention away from the word of god divert mm-hmm. their attention away from the gospel and you know I, anybody let's just say let let's let's for just a moment just for the sake of argument just for a moment let's put aside never do it just for the sake of argument let's put aside all of the the theological and biblical problems with with any of these stories, anybody claiming that they've been to hell or heaven, and uh, put that aside just for a moment, and let's just assume that they did go there, which they didn't, but just for the sake of argument, let's say they did. Let's say Don Piper really did go to heaven, and Colton Burpo really did go to heaven. If they had truly been to heaven, Andy, the books that they have written uh, would be, instead of cover to cover talking about your great grandfather and your grandmother and your old high school buddy and and you know sitting on Jesus' lap and Jesus helping you with your homework is called the purpose. You wouldn't be reading about frivolity like that, you know, frivolous things. Their books would be consumed with the gospel. Their books would be consumed with the glory of God, his righteousness, his holiness, mm-hmm. the, the heinousness of sin, the, the what Christ did for us on the cross. That's what their books would be about. And yet that's not even there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not, it's not, not even tangentially. And so that in and of itself tells us Don Piper hadn't been to heaven. Mm-hmm. Colton Burpo hadn't been to heaven anymore than I have. Again, I want to compare it to to Paul. You know, Paul. Paul was it, clearly Paul wanted to be in heaven. 
especially after seeing it. He, that's where he wanted to be. He didn't care to be in this world, but he made a point to use every minute he had on this earth to ensure that others would see heaven. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. That is exactly right, Andy. You know, Paul, here's a man who really did go to the third heaven. And by the way, the the third heaven, the first heaven um, is the atmosphere, the air that we breathe when we walk outside. You know, that's the first heaven. The second heaven is Mm -hmm. space where the stars and planets are. The third heaven is heaven, heaven. So that's what Paul meant. I know a man who was caught up to the third heaven. So, so Paul went through heaven, heaven. So here, here's a man who really did go to heaven, and he really did write some books. He wrote <laughs> Ephesians. He wrote Philippians. He wrote Romans. He wrote First and Second Corinthians. You know, he he wrote Galatians. So he really did write some books, and he doesn't talk about seeing his grandfather or his, you know, whatever up in heaven. He didn't, none of that. What does he talk about? The gospel, doctrine, theology. So complete and total difference, 180 degrees difference Mm -hmm. from what we see with the, the, the knuckleheads out there today that are deceiving the masses with their fabricated, made up stories about going to heaven. Now we've talked about these three guys who, you know, their whole, I hate to use the word ministry, but I can't think of a better word, is talking about their trip into the, whether heaven or hell, right? And then we've got a whole different breed uh, who you've already mentioned a few times now, the word faithers, the new apostolics, who kind of make a big circus of how they can kind of come and go as they please. They, you know, they got a, listener Rachel in New Zealand, I love how she puts it, she's just, they got like a season pass, you know, and she asked a great question. She says, you know, are these, are these, uh, you know, Colton Burpo and Don Piper, are their near death experiences? Are they any different from people that seem to have a season pass to go in and out at will? You know, she asks, is it possible that any of these testimonies or experiences are genuinely the third heaven at all? You know, I think we've covered that, but you know, let's talk briefly. And I know we did a few years ago as we sat down and talked word of faith, um, let's just talk about it a little bit more and, and that entirely different subject of the Todd Bentleys and the, uh, you know, the, these different word of faithers and new apostolic guys that are season pass or holders. Right. Right. You're right, Andy. There's, there's a whole wing branch, if you will, of, of Christianity, this word of faith. Most charismatics, not all, but most charismatics slide right into to War of Faith, New Apostolic mm-hmm. Reformation, IHOP, and and you're right. These people seem to have a good way to describe it. I've never thought of it that way, but it's a great, great analogy. That's Rachel. I can't take that. So thank you, Rachel, in New thank Zealand. For... <laughs> yes, thank you, Rachel. I'm going to start using that. Uh, <laughs> season past, yeah, season passed to heaven, and, and it's true. Uh, Todd Bentley, for example, it, it goes back and forth to heaven. I was watching... Sid Roth's program. Sid Roth is a guy who has a program on TVN, weekly program entitled It's Supernatural. And Sid Roth interviews every wing nut you can imagine out there. I mean, the, the wackiest of the wacky. It, 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 I mean, people who tell stories that are just, I mean, when, when you tell them that you're almost, when they tell them you're almost embarrassed, like how, really? How mm-hmm. could you, how can any thinking person believe this? 
uh, he's got the, the discernment of a lug nut. He's just got zero discernment. But um, just a few months ago, I was watching Sid Roth, and he had a guy on his program, and he was interviewing this guy. And this guy says that he he goes, just like you say, he's got a season pass to heaven. He goes back and forth from heaven to earth and goes into the, goes into the throne room of God. And get this, he eavesdrops on conversations between God the Father and God the Son. Not sure why the Holy Spirit was not included in that, but so he eavesdrops on on conversations between God the Father and God the Son, and then he comes back and he tells us what the Father and Son are talking about. Okay, he's just just like you and I would walk into a you know whatever. I think an important an important part of eavesdropping is that the people you're listening to don't know you're there. Don't know you're exactly. I mean, that's that's part of the definition of eavesdropping is they don't know you're there. So. Right. How does an omnipotent God know not know that you're uh, lug nut? I think was a good way to put that. Yeah, I mean it's true. I mean it, it's Sid Roth is is actually friends with Dr. Michael Brown, and Dr. Michael Brown is supposedly one of the the intellectual leaders of the charismatic movement, and yet he's uh-huh. good friends with Sid Roth. And you know, just it's and Sid Roth's got guys like this on there. He had a lady on his program who claims that when she plays her violin, people who hear age in reverse. Oh. I mean, it's just bizarre, bizarre, outlandish, stupid stuff. And, um, you know, so that, unfortunately, this is not, as some have tried to assert, this is not, we're not talking about the fringe elements of the charismatic movement. We're not talking about the, you know, the extreme fringe. This is mainstream in the charismatic movement. This is this is mainstream. Not all charismatics would buy into it, but the vast majority would. Vast majority would. Yeah, you brought up Michael Brown and he's one I've had a little bit of experience with and Michael Brown and James White have a bit of a, a friendly relationship and I greatly respect James White. But my own interactions kind of which have come through, you know, I follow James White, uh, his ministry, and we, you know, I follow him on Twitter. He doesn't know me very well. I, I've interviewed him, but besides that, I don't think he knows me very well. But uh, mm-hmm. th- that that gateway, okay. Otherwise, I would I I wouldn't know who Michael Brown was. Is why I bring it up because, uh, but I, you know, when that whole strange fire thing came about, which you spoke at, by the way, I there was a lot of questions going around, and he was on Twitter like crazy and he was on his own radio show like crazy trying to put down this uh, strange fire conference and make sure that 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 never got any traction and and I had some interaction with him and and finally uh you know Twitter being was what it was he understood you know we can't have a discussion on Twitter it's just not going to work so he asked me to email him and and uh, on one hand, I was flattered that he took the time to not only read my email, but he thoroughly discussed what I, the questions I had on his radio show, but in such a, a shallow way. And I was really disappointed that this guy who, who tries to be much of a moderate in the charismatic movement just still just doesn't really communicate discernment very well. No, no, not at all, Andy. And, um, and as evidence of that, the, the the Strange Fire Conference was October 13th through 16th, something like that, of 2013. Uh-huh. 
just a, a couple months later, January, uh, three months later, I guess, January of 2014, Dr. Michael Brown, the man who railed against the Strange Fire Conference, said we were point, painting all charismatics with a broad brush. We're, we're talking about the extreme fringe, and we're making it look like that's mainstream charismatic. And that was one of his chief arguments against the Strange Fire Conference. Right. Well, just a few months later in January, he He's goes on. Benny Hinn. Hinn. Yeah. And he records five television programs with Benny Hinn. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the world's, arguably, the world's most well-known and prolific heretic. Who also, he's been to heaven too, right? Benny Hinn? Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's a season season pass holder? uh, Well, it depends on what day you catch him. Okay. (laughs) Sometimes he'll say, in fact, I have a video of of Benny Hinn saying, if if you ever hear me or uh, if you ever hear me or anybody else saying that they've been to heaven, you write us off. And yet, I've got video of him saying that very thing. That that so I mean he's he's um, he's a pathological liar. Um, he claims that when he was a young man, he was in his uh, bedroom one day, and and uh, he was having just wonderful fellowship. He said the Holy Spirit would come and sit on his bed and teach him scripture. And one day, his um, the lady of the house called for Benny and said, supper is ready. And so Benny Hinn got up to go eat supper with the Holy Spirit sitting on the bed. And um, <laughs> and as he walked out to go get supper, the Holy Spirit grabbed him and said, no, five more minutes, just five more minutes. And he said, the Holy Spirit longed for my fellowship. Uh. Unbelievable. And, the, and this is the man uh, with whom Michael Brown is having fellowship right. and, and literally giving high fives to he literally did that gave and he hit a high five on his program. Well the frustrating so, thing with that, you know, and I didn't want to get too deep into Michael Brown and Benny Hinn, but the frustrating thing there was that he had a lot of people that were trying to get through to him that Benny Hinn is is not the guy who's gonna make you look like, you know, you're the moderate. You're he's not he's not the guy that's gonna give authenticity to your ministry. You know, this guy is yeah. the worst of the worst, and he wouldn't listen. He would not listen. He kept coming back and saying, well, I don't have time to go through everything everybody's ever said and make sure. Well, no, you don't have to. Here are our examples. And, oh, I don't right. have time to deal with that. It, right. Really? Yep. Yep, exactly right. Exactly right. Well, so, I... He kind of made our argument for us. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, taking some some time this weekend to to discuss this topic. I know it's not a new one, and it's one that you've been covering for a while. And uh, you know, I appreciate your time. As you know, I close. I like to ask if there's other stuff. Is there anything uh, related to the subject that we didn't get into that might be important that you would want to talk about? Well, Andy, I would I would say overarching all of this, um, what it really comes down to is that we need to remember and we need to keep in mind that, that Scripture is enough. Mm-hmm. Everything that we need to know about God, His kingdom, how He interacts with us, the gospel, how to live an obedient and God-glorifying life, everything that we need to know, everything with which we need to be equipped 
is found in Scripture. Uh, scripture alone. Scripture is enough. Uh, we don't have to, and we should not, run out after, and chasing after every new little fad that comes down the pike. Everybody, you know, everybody's the next person that says they've got a dream or a vision or a new revelation from God. No, mm-hmm. no, we don't. None of that. A, none of that is from God. Uh, and, and B, it's not necessary. It's just it's not necessary. Scripture is enough. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, as recorded in Scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. Scripture is enough for us. Amen. So that's that's what I want to leave people with. Mm-hmm. And the what I always like to finish with is um, you and your ministry. Uh, you've moved around a bit, and you've you've got uh, you do a lot of speaking, a lot of traveling. How can people find more about uh, your ministry? and where you're at. Sure, Andy, thank you. Um, I, I do. I have a, a ministry that I travel and preach in churches across the United States. I go overseas quite a bit as well. And uh, people can find me at my website. It's justinpeters.org, mm-hmm. justinpeters.org, and they can learn a little bit more about me and this ministry to which God has Call me, and um, my email address is there, contact information. So uh, if I can ever be of help to anyone, I will certainly uh, do all that I can to, to be of assistance. So that's how they can find me. All right. Well, thank you, Justin. Uh, it's been a, a blessing. It's been an enjoyment. I'm glad to have had time to, to talk with you again, especially after it's been, I think it's been about three years, I want to say. When, when was the last time you were in the Twin Cities? I can't. I was thinking about that today. I couldn't remember exactly. Is that about 2010 or 11? I can look it up real quick here. 11, I think. I'm not sure, but it's it's been a little while. You know, I, you know, I think it was 2010. And the reason why I say that is that my basement flooded the weekend you were in town, and it caused a lot of damage. And so I had to miss like the bulk of your conference. Oh, okay. I think that was 2010. So it's been four years since we, we spoke and got to sit yeah. down and, and talk. And it's always a joy. I, I, I love uh, talking with you about, about uh, true doctrine and, and uh, comparing it to the false doctrine as well. It's, it's a joy. Thank you, Andy. Uh, well, it, was, it was my pleasure. And, uh, and um, thank you for what you're doing and keep up the good work. Yeah, thank you. Echo Zoe Radio is an outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries. If you are blessed by the show, please consider offering your support. There are many things you can do to help, including prayer, sharing the show with others, and your financial support. Echo Zoe Ministries is a registered nonprofit organization with 501c3 tax-exempt status, and your donations are tax-deductible. For more information about how you can support Echo Zoe Ministries, please visit echozoe.com support. Well, that wraps up episode 80. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. For show notes, go to echozoe.com slash 80. Don't forget to follow Echo Zoe on Twitter. It's at Echo Zoe. Or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Echo Zoe Ministries. You can also add Echo Zoe to your Google Plus circles by going to plus Echo Zoe. Lord willing, I'll be back next month for the January 2015 episode of Echo Zoe Radio. Bob DeWay will be joining me once again to continue our series on the essential doctrines of the Christian faith. The doctrine we're planning to discuss next month is the doctrine of salvation and condemnation. 
You can listen to episode nine, which I did with Patrick Shalopsky for a primer on all of the essentials. That's at echozoe.com slash nine. Thanks for listening and thanks for helping to make 2014 another wonderful year for Echo Zoe Radio. 